1: Man, freaked out! You're listening to the Brenton on Tour podcast. That's right. He travels the world running concerts and searches for the best coffee, people, and amazing stories so you don't have to. Pay hey, attention, you're going to learn something for a change. This is a show about all of those things and much, much more. You're blowing my mind right now. This is... I hope someone's recording this. So settle in, for a cup of amazing coffee. He's a coffee snob, by the way. Crank that ghetto blaster and enjoy the 150000 Ranked podcast in the land. Ah, fake laugh. Hiding real pain. I think that's an exaggeration. It's the Brenton on Tour podcast. Any questions? Here's BD. Welcome, everybody. It's another week. It's another Making It series. It's another guest who has made it, has his own definition of making it. I mean, everyone of course has their own definition of making it, but this guy's on tour like I'm on tour right now. So we're kind of in a in in, a, in the, the same universe right now. We're experiencing the same stuff. We're traveling around. It's been the first time in a long time where bands are kind of getting back to it. Obviously last week I had Corey Cherko on from Shania's band and he's been doing residency in Vegas and that's just kind of getting up and running. And then know the world's kind of taking various forms and all the rest of it but my guest today i met a couple years ago on this tour for you guys watching at home corn house and chains uh these guys were with us and uh great great guys uh that uh fellow coffee lovers which was very important on this trip and uh chris and i've been trying to pull this thing together for a couple weeks and finally have the same days off i'm in st louis he's in beautiful new mexico so chris dudley welcome to the brenton on tour podcast
0: uh good to see you, buddy.
1: good to see you buddy good to see you man
0: yeah speaking of coffee i uh was not able to find a good cup today so i just uh went with the went with the nitro at starbucks because it's there
1: so right now <laughs> you are in new mexico and some of my favorite coffees there in new mexico actually how close are you to um, albuquerque
0: i have no idea we're in las cruces so okay. however far that is i i know that uh there's uh, I know the stuff that's around our bus um, yeah. and that's that's basically it. So um, I I was not really uh, wanting to go anywhere further than walking distance from our bus. And today that was Starbucks, so
1: <laughs> I, I I'm in St. Louis. One of my favorite coffee places is here. And then they closed through all the madness. And then uh, I found out that they just partnered with one of my favorite brunch spots here.
0: So oh, nice. it was a double
1: win for me today in St. Louis. The coffee Sick. journey was fantastic so that's great love it anyways been a while yes how are you man what's going on it's been a long time we've been through a lot since we saw each other last but uh, Chris plays in a very excellent rock band metal band 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 band
0: yes (laughs) yeah what's funny is uh that tour that we did together with Corn and Alice in Chains that was the last uh tour really that we did before COVID hit um and that was uh gosh that was what mid 2019 i think well, that was the
1: summer of 2019
0: yeah and for us that was uh that was it and then we uh, we had a tour booked for the summer of 2020 with slipknot and then uh yeah the world fell apart after that so it's uh, th- this is our first uh our first tour back since then which is uh yeah it's crazy that it's been that long but i just wicked thankful like super Is
1: it, thankful. yeah it's such an odd feeling right because you're you're sort of in this zone of of being home and relaxed and and chilled and but you as a musician you know you guys are getting antsy at least you can create at home and and maybe keep your keep your brain working from ideas i mean you probably i would assume with the amount of creativity with you guys that there's You know eight records worth of music in the can but i know that you guys are always creating and on the road you were always doing stuff and i was watching you guys it was great so this this pandemic time has been um a blessing and a curse for a lot of people uh not being able to play to your fans uh online shows only and and sort of losing a bit of that connection but the creativity levels must be through the roof so
0: yeah i can say for sure that um you know because when we were on that tour uh with together in 2019 we were you know working on our record and you know trying to figure out what that was going to look like um and i can say for a fact that if covid had not happened the record that we just put out would not be nearly as uh as good as it is because we had you know we had a group of songs we had what was looking like was going to be the record and then uh once we realized that we we were definitely not touring in the summer and we might not be touring until 2021 or 2022 yeah um we uh decided to just sit on it because we didn't want to put out a record and then just be at home and we sat on the record for about a year and through that time we had you know some perspective and we were able to go back and listen to the stuff uh a little more objectively and we just realized that it just was not up to the par you know it wasn't up to par it wasn't as good as we wanted it to be so um you know i think only like one song from that initial batch ended up making it through to the record and we just like you know we all used all that time at home you know in different ways creatively but you know the big thing for us as a group was you know really getting the record to where it needed to be and it was it was a lot of wrenching and a lot of working but uh i'm freaking stoked on it
1: yeah and You hear about those stories a lot when bands are are putting stuff together and they're you know like you you hear about bands fully scrapping um i think i read this story about miles kennedy from alter bridge and who sings with slash had his solo record and then just Uh completely scrapped it and started over and then so the record that we got uh was great but but i'm like what was that album that he didn't release and to his in his opinion it wasn't up to up to par but then he puts out a record that's really great. It's all perspective. So are those songs gone? Or you're like, we're just gonna repurpose them and we're gonna try this again. maybe there's some riffs that we love out of that thing that we're gonna pull into something else or whatever, you know?
0: Uh it's a little bit of all of those. Um, you know, we didn't have, you know, we only had one fully fleshed out song that ended up not making the record. The rest of it was like, because we didn't want to like have the record and then go and just record it. We wanted to have like a, an idea of what the record is going to be, a lot of starts, a lot of half songs, uh, yeah. some demos, things like that. Um, there are there are a lot of those things just out there that never got used. Um, you know, starts that we thought we were going to turn into songs, uh, you know, demos of songs that we were like, all right, we're gonna go into the studio and finish this, but then those were the things that, uh, through all the COVID time, we were just like, man, this stuff isn't like, this isn't as good as the start as we as we need to have. So um, yeah, we've got a whole Dropbox of ideas, of starts, of <laughs> demos, of stuff that just never ended up happening. But you know, there there are some nuggets of of good things in there. Um, you know, and we may at some point go back and salvage some of that. But that's just you know sometimes it's a messy creative process but it you know it works for us
1: yeah and you do a lot i mean you do a lot we were were talking a lot of tech on tour and and a few things and uh, i'm i'm amazed at uh the technology that artists have access to
0: right now and and
1: and i i had a you know a couple weeks ago i had um um a producer on that that basically was saying like you know there's all these tools that 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 artists have you know access to and they can produce their own records and for somebody guys, so for somebody like you guys that are like production heads and a, you know that, that are dive in and have all these ideas his main point was like the problem with that is that there's no one to say no anymore uh-huh. so bands are making these records that sound great and amazing ish I'm just saying like from a standpoint of like the AR process the label process it's sort of like there's still that 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 one level of person that goes okay, it's, it's almost there, it's not quite there, we need another song or whatever that's gonna be. I don't know what the, the dynamic of under oath is or how you write and who makes those decisions, but uh, is having the amount of access to being able to produce your own stuff and as smart as you guys are, is, it, is, is there somebody saying to you, somebody else saying to you, it's not quite there or it's all the way there or you need to kind of change it up a little bit? Like who says no to under oath? or you know to get that record out who says no uh
0: no one's ever said no thankfully um okay. you know we have kind of uh designed our team and our you know who we work with around just saying look like we are the ones to write the music and we will deliver that music when we feel it is where it needs to be and then we hand it off to label to uh you know uh uh promotion departments like all that all that stuff it's like you know that's what that's what you guys do we'll make the music and you guys take care of everything else um you know there has been uh you know this is the first record that we've ever self-produced um you know and we've we've always gone to a producer and you know i don't think that prior to this record in this time i don't think that we would have been able to self produce a record um a just from a production skill level uh but then also you know we always a, a producer for us always kind of without it being stated up front was was had a position of kind of being a kind of like a referee uh you know kind of a middle voice amongst us you know because when we get in yeah. the studio it can historically be a bit of a tension filled time. So, um, you know, we really had to have a, um, you know, a, a talk amongst ourselves as far as like, Hey, like, do we think we can do this? Like, is this what is best for us? Sure. And, you know, we just got to a point where like, look, like, you know, I'm doing a ton of film score work. Aaron is writing with like just a million different artists and doing stuff for them tim is recording bands. you know spencer's doing stuff with a bunch of other people and it's like you know why can we not just make our own record you know and uh you know as far as like who's there to say like it's not quite there um you know we've never really worked with people who did that um we would work with like you know if we work with a producer they might you know we might be working on a part or a song and like that's cool like why don't you chase that like but like if somebody like we there were producers in the past that we wanted to work with that um came to us and you know we showed them our songs and they were like yeah like well we'll just have to change this chorus and we'll have to do this and that song's not going to make it and all that and that didn't last very long we were like oh no that's not (laughs) you know that's not how this is going to work like we're going to you know, we're going to write this stuff and, and, uh, we want you to help us make the best version of what we do. Uh, but you're not, you can't tell us what is going to be on our record and what's not. So, you know, but thankfully we're in a position where we can do that because of, you know, our, our labels have never been the type of labels that will say like, that's not it, go back, you know? So
1: yeah, very thankful. That's good. That's a good thing. And, because I would imagine you would also go a little nuts with like, I oh, would, well, you have a billion ideas. I mean, we've had so many things and subject traditionally, I guess a producer's job is to wrangle that together. You touched yeah. on, um, you know, you doing film and TV and, and, uh, everyone else is doing a ton of stuff. We know Aaron's super busy and the guys are busy. Um, but what is the history of Chris here? Cause I, we talked, we touched a little bit about it on tour, um, but you've, you've gotten, you're, you're busy outside of Under Oath as well. And you do a bunch of stuff. So, um, I, I guess I want to, I want to kind of dive into Chris a little bit and outside of Under Oath, what, 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 what keeps you busy? What do you, what do you do? You know, uh,
0: I do a lot, uh, <clears throat> you know, creatively, um, you know, I think it was pro. I've always wanted to score a film. Like that's always been something that I've had a desire to do, um, but it wasn't until probably early to mid 2017 that um, I really was like, okay, this is going to be something I'm I'm going to do, you know? Because I I had talked about it for years, and you know, I've told this story before. Where, you know, me and my wife are just laying in bed watching a movie, and you know, I forget what movie it was, but um, I said to her again, you know, this is probably late 2016. I was like, man, like this score is awesome. Like I I wish I could do that. I want to do that one day. And she was like, well, why don't you just do it? You know, why don't you just say you do it and then see what right. happens, and I And I had every excuse under the sun to not. I was just like, you know, it's a such a learning curve. I don't know if I have the connections to be able to do that. Where would I even start? Blah, blah, blah. And she was just like, just do it. Like, start. Learn, you know? And that's what I did. Um, you know, and it's really been a, uh, a snowball effect from there. Um, you know, I'm on... On this tour, I'm working on finishing up my. I think it's my fifth feature. Um, you know, I've got two that are out now that uh, you know anybody can watch, and then I've got. Which ones more. are
1: they? Let's let's get them out.
0: Uh, there's so did one you called do? Bad, I, I'm sorry.
1: Sorry, you did the full score, or you contributed to the score, or you've done you scored the whole movie.
0: I uh, scored the the whole movie. Uh, Amazing. Well, actually, well, one of them, uh, uh, called Bad Candy. I did the whole score for that. Uh, it's a horror film uh, that just cool. came out uh, earlier this year, I think, or late last year. Um, and then there's a, a period piece, uh, sorry, period piece called Whelm, uh, that I scored. Uh, but that one, it was interesting because I ended up working with the director on that one because he's a ridiculous musician. Um, and, uh, you know, so he wrote some on that and I, I, uh, did the rest and, um, yeah, so that one was really cool. I've got, uh, one, that I scored called God's waiting room. Uh, that was at, uh, Tribeca film festival last year and, uh, won some awards there, which was awesome. And that I think is going to be coming out this year. Um, I have, uh, uh, the one I'm working on now is called breathing happy. Uh, it's a pretty trippy, uh, movie about a guy coming up on his one year sobriety and how he is, dealing with that and it goes to some some crazy places but i'm finishing up that now uh the last movie i got done doing is called uh peace in the valley and it's uh the next movie from the director uh tyler riggs who directed the film that we got into tribeca uh last year so it's his next one um and then after i finish up the one i'm working on now i've got one called uh uh well it the title's tentative but it's like a uh like a uh like a PG slash PG thirteen uh werewolf movie. It's like kind of like a teen werewolf movie, which I'm I'm super stoked on because I've never done anything like that before. Yeah. So it'll be something that uh that my kids can watch for a change.
1: <laughs> I gotta is the is the scoring business just as competitive as music, if not more?
0: I don't know. I I've never been the type to have that like well, I guess people would call it like a famine mentality where it's like, you know, there's only so much, there's only so many concert tickets that can be sold. There's only so many movies that can be scored. There's only, you know, so much attention that people can give to something. Like I've always looked at it as like, you know, if it's under oath, it's like, you know, we're out here on tour, we're putting out records, but like, we've got friends that are all doing the same thing. And like, I just look at it as like, that's awesome. Like we should be you know, lifting each other up and all of that. And, you know, the, I, I look at it the same way with uh with scoring. And I think even more so because like, there's just so much being made, whether it's in the feature film realm or streaming services or commercials or whatever. It's like, I'm always just like, if there's a way that I can help you out, sure. like, let me know, like, DM me on social media. If if you know me personally, send me a text. Like, let's like, and and vice versa. Like, if if there's somebody that I'm like, oh, like I, I think that I, I want to know how to do that thing they're doing. Like I'll free I freely reach out to people all the time. Maybe it's like rude. I don't know, but I'm just like, yo, like, how did you do this? Like, that's really, really cool. I'd love to learn more about that. And like I've f- I found that like 98% of the time people were like, oh, cool. Like I love to learn out about this stuff. Here's what I did. Here's the plugins I used. Here's yeah how i went about doing that and like and it's never from a place of like hey i want to copy that it's more so like i see something in what you're doing that i can use in what i'm doing and like i i think that if in general artists had that mentality across the board a a lot more cool art would be made but b people would just be a lot happier because i think you know a lot of people fall into that like oh it, competition mentality you know and like
1: you touched on that too i mean with streaming and all the madness and how much you know all this stuff that's being produced i mean i live in vancouver through this whole process of the last two years and what's been going on the film and movie business did not stop in vancouver they just doubled down on testing tripled down on testing and plowed ahead and at one point i live just outside of vancouver at one point i had jim carrey john cena and the full cast of Superman and Lois all filming within two minutes, five minutes of my house, ten minutes yeah. of my house. And all of those are just it, the, the film and TV business was the one business that really didn't stop. Maybe they stopped for a couple of weeks, but it just kind of went going and gaming went through the roof. You hear about, you know, GameStop like stocks going crazy because kids are going nuts and Twitch and the rise of Twitch. So I'd imagine that that would open up a whole other avenue of potential for you uh, just to score video games, to score all of it. So that's pretty, yeah. Yeah. One thing that,
0: yeah. One thing that I was super thankful for is I had uh, I had a project I was working on a film I was working on when COVID hit, but then like, like everything else that I had in the pipeline at the first thing everyone thought was, okay, like we need to like go into post, like what can we do post wise? Like, so I was, I, they a lot of times they were looking at me being like, okay, like, well, we can't finish shooting, but, what do you got on score? You know, what, you know, what can we start working on here? Like they were going to, you know, colorists and, you know, sending dailies and be like, Hey, like, let's get a head start on what this thing's going to look like when it comes out. Um, You know, editors getting a head start, like people who are working remotely, uh, you know, studios and directors and producers looking at them and saying like, Hey, like we can't do anything, but let's get started with you. So um, I was thankful for that because I was just, I've never been more busy personally than I was over the past two years. Like I, it was like day and night, which I'm thankful for. You know, it, it it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was wild. I'm super thankful.
1: Do you have the same issue or do you have this issue, um, where you record music, the record comes out, you listen back to it and go, ah, if I just would have this, I just, this idea just came to me now. Or is like the record, the record's done. It's out there. It's like, okay, that's what it is. Maybe I'll throw it in live or I'll do something. Same with actors that don't watch their movies or, or TV shows when you score something and then maybe you watch the movie back or do you watch the movie back? Yeah. So how you score it?
0: Yeah. So for me, it's different uh, when it comes to a record versus a film. Um, Because I, I feel like particularly with Under Oath, um, We ratchet so hard on every single song and every single part and everything is just picked clean that by the time the record comes out, there's only been like, I I can probably count on one hand the amount of even just songs that Under Oath has released uh, over the years that I look back, I'm like, oh, I wish I would have done this. Because it's already gone through so much of that by the time the record comes out. But working on a film is a little different because usually there's just a lot tighter of a timeline. And there are times when, you know, I'll get done with a piece and I'm like, man, I would love to wrench on this more and like tweak things here and there and like maybe take some space away from it. But I just don't have time. Like I have to have this many minutes done by the end of the week. So I have to move on. Um, so there's a lot more of that. And a lot of times also what will happen is like three quarters of the way through working on a film, I will happen upon a sound or a theme or something where I'm like, I wish I had this when I started, because I feel like this is what this film sounds like, this sound, this instrument, this whatever. And like, I try to do as much of that work as I can beforehand, but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. And, um, yeah, it's just Do you
1: watch movies different now? Cuz I never want to know the inside of movies because I love it and TV and film and I, and I love them so much. And every now and again I'll hear, you know, directors talk about, well we use this camera on this and we move this and that and we came, we came through the time of like the DVD with like the the the, the you know, the extras and how they filmed it. And that yeah. was all fun to learn how they shot little things. Yeah. But when I go to a concert now as a as a as a fan, yeah. 'm I'm, I'm looking up and going, oh my, how many pounds are they put in the roof for rigging and hey, they're running seven minutes behind. What's going on? My brain instantly yeah. goes to how the show is doing. So when you go when you watch a show or a movie, not your actual um, something that you scored, but when you watch a film, are you now listening and very consciously listening to the score and going, wow, that was interesting what they did there And does it ruin your experience now?
0: Yeah. So, um, it's a little different. Yes. In that I do pay more attention to the score now, but it, it it's something that for me enhances the viewing experience. It doesn't, it doesn't like, you know, take any of the magic away or anything like that. Cause I am just such a movie nerd. Like yeah. I, on days off, I go to a movie theater, I get my popcorn, I get my M&Ms and I'm just like, let's go like just let me be in this you know um but there will be things that i'll see or things that i'll hear that i'll be like oh that's cool like like i i i'm able to gather a greater appreciation for what it is that's going on particularly musically but you know sometimes edit wise as well because i'm involved in that process sometimes um but yeah it's nothing negative like i what's funny though is like when it comes to like bands and shows and stuff I tend to uh be more like you or like I'll look at, you know, oh what production's going on there. Like what I'm one I'm listening and I'm like I yeah, I don't think that vocal harmony is being sang right now. Like that sort of stuff that Totally. It, it, yeah, but that doesn't take away from my uh friends, but I also I don't really go to concerts much, but I go yeah. to movies all the time. So,
1: yeah. I I my fear is that is that my movie experience would be ruined by knowing too much about it Mm -hmm. because i but i I listen to actors on other pods or something and they're like we did this and we did that and that's great but i would imagine that a director that's in a movie as an actor it's just oh why is he shooting it like this or why i read i read val kilmer's val kilmer's book and he was talking about tombstone and him and kurt russell were you know it started out kind of okay but then they realized very abundantly fast that the director had no clue how to shoot horses and people and all that yeah. and they do because they were riding them their whole life and he goes we had to take the film over because we're like there's no we've practiced this our whole life this guy has no clue how to shoot it and they brought a new director in to kind of rescue it because of that experience and it were and he's like it just it ruined the experience because you're like now you're just constantly thinking about how to fix the film or you're yeah. constantly thinking about how to make it better in concerts. I never want oh, concerts are. That's too late for me on concerts, but I never yeah. want film to be like that ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No.
0: And when, when I when I watch back stuff that I've done, yeah. it's completely that. Like I can't watch something that I've done and enjoy it. Like yeah. I am very much like just like uh, it's like a little nerve wracking because I'm like I'm like oh man. I hope I'm still gonna like the thing that I decided was okay. Sure six months ago or whatever, like I get super nervous and like, uh, yeah, not, not a, not a huge fan of that, but anything else, other movies, even like other movies that uh, from directors I've worked with, like I I can watch those just as a, as a movie fan. So
1: what is your, I mean, I have another show I want to get you on with uh, my partner Chris on the Kids on the Escalator podcast that we do and it's it's all film and TV and and uh pop culture and movies oh, and we dude, yeah, we too. dive into horror movies and we do so I want to save yeah. some stuff for that cuz I think you'd be great um for that particular discussion but um one question I have for you though after scoring film and doing all the rest of it is there uh I don't want to say is there's somebody that does it best but is there a, a particular movie that you've watched and you're like, Oh my God, like that's just, wow. Mood, mood wise. And it just took you on a journey. Um, and I, I want to go mainstream right now. Cause I, I know a lot of people don't follow a out of indie films. You might've seen it. In you're talking about film. a
0: score in particular. Yeah.
1: Like a score and sort of like that mood, like who is, who do you think has set the best mood that you've seen in a movie?
0: Um, I, I will say that uh, the movie that I watched that, made me like walk out thinking that's what I want to do is uh this uh Danny Boyle movie called Sunshine um it's got Killian Murphy in it uh, a bunch it's like a ensemble cast it's it's really really good um but this guy John Murphy did the score for that uh and I just I feel him on so many levels like whenever I hear a score that he's done I'm just like that's it like that's what I would do that's what I would want to do. Um, he also did the score for uh, 28 days later. He did the score for 28 weeks later. Uh, he's like, he did the new uh, Suicide Squad movie. He's just, he's just yeah insanely talented all around. But also um, anything that Johnny Greenwood has scored, I just am in awe of. Like he is just one of those guys, man. I don't know, just an absolute genius. And I am so jealous of, his his ability like i know it's all practice but there's something extra that that guy has like there's a like when i watched um he did a uh this movie with joaquin phoenix called you were never really here and i didn't know that he scored it before i was watching it and i was watching it with my wife and like a quarter of the way through i was like i don't know who scored this but this Mm -hmm. is bananas like this is crazy And, uh, like once I realized that I loved the score, I was, you know, paying a little more attention as the film went on. And at the end, like before the end credits rolled, I was like, whoever this is, is a genius. Like I, I wanted it to be like some no name person that I was just, I was just discovering, but I was like, ow, there we go. Okay.
1: (laughs) Did you, uh, did you watch uncut gems?
0: Yes, so um,
1: people that that has got a controversial tag to it about the music consistently through it and then being like mixed really loud throughout and distracting. So people people have this take on that movie kind of like like some people are like that maybe don't appreciate art for some. I couldn't watch it or the the music was too loud or or it was too frantic. And I think the franticness was brought in to keep with Adam Sandler's you know theme of being frantic and insane. So yeah. I, I'm curious, uh, you know, about that side of it. And then we'll, uh, I want to move on to something, but yeah. what is? Yeah. So I,
0: uh, I adore that film. Um, I think that the score for that one is just so bold. Like when I watched it, I was thinking like, man, I would never have the balls to score this film this way. Like I, that just takes uh, from the director and the composer, like, uh a confidence in like that vision which i i don't know if i could have like i uh, yeah i don't know if i could do that but i love it i love the score um i never really had an issue with the mix on it personally um but conversely i feel like uh christopher nolan as as great as the scores are to his films i have always had uh an issue particularly his his films dark the dark knight rises and on of the way that he mixes the music in them like i as much as i love film music i think that he mixes it all too loud um and uh that's it's it works great if you are just wanting to listen to the music but if you want to be able to tell what's being uh it's yeah. being said by the actors, it's it's not,
1: it's a little it's annoying. not good. So yeah. I mean
0: the dude's genius, obviously. Uh one of the greatest living yeah. directors, one of the best directors ever, in my opinion. But uh I think that he is probably at a point where no one is telling him no.
1: <laughs> no, uh, I would assume I would assume so.
0: Yes. So now
1: yeah. you okay, we'll we'll uh, we'll get rolling because it's your day off. You probably want to go see a movie. But um, so <laughs> obviously we've talked about production and and you play with these guys and you got a brand new record. Um you play live, you're back on tour, all these things. You're wearing a lot of hats, um, technically and business-wise, and all the rest of it. Which hat do you wear the best, or do they all coincide together?
0: Um, I would say that they all feed different parts of me. Like there's uh you know, there's just, there's something about being on tour that is, you know, and playing more so playing live shows, you know, that I I don't think you'll ever get that sort of energy and that sort of experience anywhere else. Um, But on the same token, like I look at, I I would love to be able to be on tour as much as we are now and be in this band until I'm 80, you know? right? Um, But just knowing how bands and stuff work like I don't think that that's probably gonna happen um so I look at my film work as like this is a thing that I could feasibly see myself doing into my elderly years like I could see myself being in my 70s and my 80s and you know getting a film sent to me and being like I'll do this you know like you know take a couple months and score a film you know and also doing that allows me to be home and spend more time with my kids and my wife so that that's always a that's always a plus so um yeah it's just different parts of me you know uh get fed in different ways but I I'd love to be able to do both
1: forever but it keeps changing and I know you're touching a bit on um where I'm gonna go at the end with this thing but it it, obviously our our careers and stuff change over the time and and our paths change and you just I was gonna do this and I was gonna do that and I'm going to start, I'm going to be a big rock star. but actually no, I I, I like tour managing more or I'm going to do this or everyone has their own kind of like journey that they've taken that will take them into different kind of parts of the business. Mm -hmm. Um, First part of this question is what is your definition of making it? I'm not talking about Chris's because I'm going to ask you if you've made it after this, but what do you think making it means in general?
0: Um, I would say that it probably means achieving whatever it is that you wanted to achieve when you started. Um, I think. Um, you know, that wouldn't be my personal take on it necessarily, but um you know, I would think that if you know if you start out trying to do something, whether it's getting a degree or uh, you know, putting out a record or, you know, whatever your thing happens to be, you know, if you're able to get to a point where you're like, I did the thing that I've been working toward, um, then yeah, then I think that that's making it, you know, um,
1: how many uh, times has that, has that bar changed for you?
0: So the way that I look at it is my bar has never really moved from the time that I was in high school. Like I I always say that like any, uh, milestone that I was hoping to get or achieve with this band or with music or anything that was, that was decades ago that I got to that point. So like, you know, the fact that we, you know, all all the things that you point to and be like, oh, like, that's it, like a, an achievement, you know, whether it's yeah. the amount of records we've had or, or numbers on tour or Grammy nominations or, or any of that stuff. It's like the fact that we we're able to like, we, we played a sold out show where, you know, back 15, 18 years ago, where people knew our, the words to our music, like from that point on, I was like, whatever comes after this is just like icing on the cake, you know? And, and, and granted, you know, my view on this as being like my career has changed because like we never aspired for this to be our career. Like we just wanted to play music together. So um, you know, yes. there's there are um you know other goalposts that I look at uh you know as far as with film composing. Um you know my 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 only goal for that uh, and I'll look back on this interview in 10 years and hopefully, you know, it's all good. But my only goal is to be continually doing it and right. making enough money doing it to where if at some point Spencer is he, breaks his neck head banging on stage when he's 50 and we're no longer able to tour, then right. I'm like, okay, like I don't need to do that anymore. I, I'm going to stay home and I'm going to score films for the remainder of my life and i'm able to pay my family's bills and keep our house and you know if i can pay our bills keep our house and see my wife and kids when i want that's that's all i want like so final
1: question on that subject then has chris dudley made it
0: oh yeah yeah long time ago long time ago uh uh as it pertains to you know the band for sure a long time ago um you know but the the fact that i am making i'm doing film work at all um that is you know that's an own that's my own sort of making it things i'm like i can go on itunes right now and buy a movie that i scored like that's crazy um you know but as far as that other goalpost of like doing it long term i think that that's something that i won't know until i'm probably in my
1: what was the point? 50s, what was the point here uh, that you you knew that you could do this for a living for the rest of your life? And if it's just music and not score or if it's scoring, where, where is the point where you're like, I got it?
0: I don't know. Uh, I mean, I know that I want to do it for the rest of my life, but it's it sure. sucks that there's like a whole business component where it's like, you know, you can do it as long as there are people that want to hear it. Uh, so, uh, I don't know if I'm at a point where I'm like, Oh yeah, I will do this for the rest of my life. Like I will do it as long as I'm able to like under oath, we'll go on tour and continue to put out records until people decide that they don't want to come see us or they don't want to listen to our records anymore. Then it's like, you know, that would be a telling thing or, you know, I will, I will score films until I no longer get called by directors and producers, or I can't pay my bills doing it because as, you know, as a dad, like that's my number one thing. Like I got to make sure that we have our house and I got to make sure that my kids have food. And if, uh, if music's not doing it, then I'll go do something else. Cause I'm first and foremost a dad and a husband. And I'm thankful that my, literally my life has career has been music. But, uh, if at some point that's not the case, I, you know, I'm okay with that. So I'm
1: just open a restaurant. What's it, do you have a third thing in the can in the list that you're like, all right, that doesn't go. And that doesn't go. I'm definitely going to do that.
0: Uh, I, I'm really good with, uh, with computers and I've got like it certifications. Sure. Uh, And when we under oath broke up for a few years, years ago, and uh, that's what I did during that. I was, uh, I was working from home and just doing like remote IT work. And it was honestly so sick uh, because I got (laughs) to hang out with my kids all day and just be on the computer and have dinner with my wife and kids every night. And I was, you know, perfectly content doing that. And then, you know, we decided we wanted to uh, do Under Oath again. And I was like, great, let's go, you know, so, you know, yeah. whatever it is I'm doing, I'll be, uh, you know, I'll, I'll make myself, uh, I'll, I'll put myself in a position where it works out good for me.
1: New record. It's called uh, Voyeurist. Yes, sir. With these fine chaps. And you're on tour, which is awesome. Um, yeah. uh, and that must be a great feeling. I know it is for me to be back out here. It's um, crazy. Awesome. You know, it's doing it. So, th- it's so doing bad. it. You know what I mean? So, um, outside of all the production side of it and all the rest of it tell me a little bit about the record where is it where's it fit where's it live for you and and um and a little bit about what what's happening with tour and, and the rest of 22 looking like for you right yeah now. so the
0: record uh you know for us is a it's probably the most like personal and and, and blunt record that we've ever had um it's super personal for us also because we did the entire thing ourselves. So it's like, yeah. it the all like, the buck for everything stops with us. It's not like, oh, you know, they worked with this producer who may have had this weird input or whatever. It's literally just like us. So we absolutely love it. Um, you know, and what I that the response has been like, almost like concerningly good from people. Yeah. Um, it because we're only seeing like, positive feedback. And you know, I don't know if that's that might be a bad thing because maybe just maybe the people who wouldn't like it just aren't listening. I don't know, but uh th- we've been hearing a lot of like this is the record that I wanted to hear from under oath after insert record here, whether it's after they're only chasing safety or defying the right line, lost in the sound disambiguation erase me well it is the record after erase me but um a lot of people are saying that like and i that's an interesting thing for me to hear because i'm like oh that's cool like you know because we never we never go into working on a record with an intent on um oh we want to write something that people will like because x it's always just like we're gonna write what we want to write and we hope that other people like it you know um and the fact that this record is something that all six of us are just like ridiculously stoked on and the fact that people are saying that this is exactly what they want from our band it's like that's cool like i'll take it you know and uh the response to the new songs live has been great well
1: that's the key you get to go out and play it live yeah and so many bands dropped records in the middle of 2020 and, and haven't been able to get out till now. And by now, and your your cycle is generally done. And now yeah. you're now you're actually out doing it again and being able to play them live and sort of seeing just how what kind of impact that that record has on people too. And that's key to any artist's success is you know, if it's if it's stiff and live, then uh, then there's a problem. Yeah. But you, yeah, you get for to see sure. It, you know, yeah. The
0: response has been great. And you know, just in general, you know. asking about tour you know just you know being in rooms full of people uh period and playing music is just the best and you know this is like uh i i think it's technically the biggest headliner that we've ever done like ever which Mm. is crazy because um uh you know we've been doing this for a really long time and uh, the fact that like stuff is still just onward and upward is is awesome and yeah the crowd's live are just great and we're just yeah we're just in it you know living day by day at this point so it's How long does this crazy. tour go
1: for? Is this one here right?
0: Yeah, we're going till uh I think March 27th is the last show.
1: Great. Yeah. Well, make sure you guys check out under 777com I like the title of that website. It's Inside. Good times. It's funny <laughs> stuff. Uh, Chris uh, can be found at chrisdeadlymusic.com. Yeah, you're gonna find all the things Chris there, and um, but definitely make sure you go out there and pick up the new Underworld album. Uh, Voyeurist. Make sure you go check them live because these guys slam live. They were great with us. Perfect spot on the tour on a uh, corn and and uh, Allison change just <clears throat> come out hammer the place into the ground and they did that every single night. Coffee lovers like myself. And uh, just great guys all the way around. So, Chris, my friend, <laughs> thank you so much for making the time today. We're both of on course, tour, man. We value our our days off, and I appreciate you giving me uh, a little bit of time today, too. Uh, yeah,
0: of course, man. I'm glad thank it finally you. worked out, and we'll uh, yeah, we'll chat soon.
1: Awesome, buddy. Uh, we'll see you next time. All right, sure. That's Chris, uh, everybody. So that is the Brenton Tour Podcast for another week. Thank you so much for tuning in, and as I said, this series is going along about making it and your definition and uh, I really appreciate you guys uh, tuning in weekly on uh, all the platforms, BrentLunsewer.com, wherever you get your pods. See you next week, everybody. Thanks. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson. An aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.
0: I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast.